Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. If you haven't noticed by now, we're not, um, we're not solely about just coming and, and singing songs and then uh, bringing a message. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to minister to his heart. And whatever that looks like and however long it takes him to show up, we're, we're willing to go the length. Are you with me? Are you hungry this morning? Come on, I'm hungry. So can we just like, let's extend our hands. Let's just reach out to the Father and let's just ask him. I want you to ask him not just to come, but I want you to welcome him. I want you to welcome Holy Spirit. Welcome him. And then I just want to take a few seconds and I want us to pray out loud. Just pray out loud. If it's in tongues or if it's in English, whatever it is, just minister to his heart. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Come on, if you got more in you, just stir it up. If you got more in you, just stir it up. If you have more in you, just stir it up. Just stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Come on, if Jesus is willing to look like a fool for you, would you be willing to look like a fool for Jesus? If Jesus was willing to do something foolish, would you be willing to do something foolish for him? Jesus, we give you it all this morning. We give you it all this morning. We break off the stereotypical mindset on Christianity. And Jesus, we reveal Jesus, the reality of who he is. May he come, may he move, may he flow in this place. Speak to our hearts, move in and through us this morning. Jesus, we're hungry for you. (laughs) We're just hungry for you. Come, you're welcome here. Welcome here, Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, you may be here this morning, and this is this may be a little foreign to you. Um, and honestly, I'm I'm sorry if you feel that way. Um, the presence of God should never be foreign to a believer. It never should be. If you're used to a cookie cutter church, praise God. Um, but that's not us. We're not a cookie cutter church. And uh, what I mean by that is. You're not gonna come in here, see a couple of cool videos, a lot of smiling, a lot of screaming and shouting and worshiping, and then we all sit in silence while someone brings the word, and then we all just leave and nothing's changed. Like the presence of God demands change. It demands change. Jesus is in the room. When he is centered upon, when we come before his feet, when we center our hearts and our affection on him, he is inclined to move on your behalf. So if you want to get God, if you need an answer from the Lord this morning, I dare you to sit at his feet because that's where you're going to get answers. You're not going to get answers being like, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Seek him. Seek him. When was the last time you got alone with him just to be with him? When was the last time you sat just to be with him? Not to get an answer for something. Not to try and figure out something, but just to be present with him. He's here. You believe that? 
Like he's here. And it doesn't have to be a feeling. If you don't feel him, that's totally fine. You don't have to feel him for him to be here. Rarely in my life have I ever felt Jesus. But I walk around with a knowing. I know that he's there. And it's not that I'm trying to convince myself he's in the room. It's, he says in his word that you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You spend time in his word. You soak in these pages and you say, all right, Jesus, what do you have for me? What do you have for me? And as you read this, you realize that instead, you, you get a heart and a mind transplant by spending time in the word. You get a heart and a mind transplant. So in this attitude of worship, you can be seated. Um, let's not shift gears. Let's not, um, let's not turn to anything different. And that's good. Yeah, just keep playing. Um, you know, because when we, when we come and when we sit at his feet, that's why we started doing soak nights. Um, and it's really the start of something very special that I see God doing in the church. Like we're, we are living in the most exciting times for the body of Christ on the history of the planet. It's happening in our day right now. And that's why I feel like it's so important that we have to come to the simplicity of Jesus. We have to come to the simplicity of Jesus. I'm not here to talk to you about um, what he can do for you. I'm here to help you look inside yourself and to look to him and be like, what do I have that I'm not supposed to be carrying? What do I have that's weighing me down? If you find yourself in your walk with Christ and you're constantly being deterred, you're constantly being, um, you know, I'm gonna come back to that. I, 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 feel in my, I feel in my spirit. I kind of been feeling it this whole week and he just reminded me of it. Um, if there's anyone here this morning and you're struggling or you have been struggling or you know someone who has, I know that's very broad, but I just feel like that this is a principality that needs authority taken over and that's the, uh, the spirit of depression. If you're here this morning and you're struggling with depression, or if you know someone who is struggling with depression, I just want us to take authority over that right now. Can we do that? Can we just take some time and take authority over that? All right, would you just center your hearts with me and let's speak to this thing. Father, we center our affection on you. We know that you placed us here for such a time as this, that the fullness of your son would be manifested. And it scares the enemy so much that his number one goal is to pollute the human image, is to pollute the human image, which in essence is the image of God, because we were created in your image. So I speak right now to this spirit of depression and I command it to submit under the authority of Jesus Christ. Just everyone repeat after me. Say depression. No, you got to say it like you mean it. Say depression. Go. Now. Die. Now. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone who's here and you're struggling with allergies, I know the season is about to turn. Do not think for a second that allergies are normal. They're not. So we speak right now to allergies in Jesus' name. 
which speaks to people's immune systems. God, in the midst of a time when, when people may be having weaker immune systems than normal, I pray that you strengthen them supernaturally in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that all nasal passages are clear in Jesus' name. I speak to throats right now in Jesus' name. Be strong in the Lord for people are going to sing your praises until their voice won't let them. And I thank you, Lord, for any migraines, headaches, be gone in Jesus' name. Puffy eyes, stop right now in the name of Jesus. It's not normal. When did, when, when did we come to a time to where we see certain things in the Bible and then we question whether or not it's valid? When did we come to that point? Since when did the way you believe change the way God works? When did that happen? Because I can guarantee you, you may be here and you may be skeptical thinking, well, I don't know if God still heals. I don't know if that's still for today. I promise you, it's in his word. Take his word at face value. Like how can we live set apart, right? One scripture the Lord put on my heart was 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. If you have your Bible, get over there. Let's go. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. And, uh, man, Jesus. <laughs> it's literally the uh, <laughs> second verse of uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Chapter 1, verse 2. Paul says, in writing you this letter addressed to the community of God throughout the city of Corinth, for you have been made pure, set apart in the anointed one of Jesus. And God has invited you to be his devoted and holy people. And not only you, but everyone everywhere who calls on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and ours also. I'm just gonna let that marinate for a second set apart. Jesus flipped the world upside down because he didn't live the same. You know, like I was thinking this morning and I was like, Lord, uh, the way I dressed does not decide whether or not you're going to show up. I used to think that growing up. I thought I had to wear a three-piece suit. I mean, the little 12-year-old me running around preaching the gospel preaching the gospel, getting Becca saved time and time again. If my grandparents were in town, I'd get them saved. And I had my Bible, and I was walking back and forth, and I was modeling what I had seen growing up. And then one day it hit me, huh, I don't have to wear dress slacks for the presence of God to come. Like, I don't. I realized that Holy Spirit is not, I heard a, I heard a minister say this, and he said, you know, the Holy Spirit is not touchy. He's not touchy. Like, if he comes in the room and I say I slip up, he's not quick to be like, nah, I'm out of here. No, nope. mm-mm, see ya, bye. Like, he sits there and he actually is like, it's all right, you're gonna get it the next time. And if you mess up then, you'll get it the next time. Like, he's good. It's until I step out of what dad referred to last week as making a mistake versus sinning. You see, Holy Spirit loves us in the midst of our mistakes. 
And he also loves us in the midst of our sin, but the thing is, mistakes are accidental. Sin is deliberate. You deliberately sin. Like, I can't do something and be like, oh, I just sinned, whoops. <laughs> you know, it's like the first time you lied and then you were told it was wrong. Oh, now I'm responsible for what I know. I'm responsible for what I know. And if now I know that it's wrong and yet I continue to do it, what does the word call it? Sin. I know this may sound elementary this morning, but I feel like we need to come back to this. We, we have to. If we don't get this right here, if we don't get the simple life of Jesus, nothing else will make sense. Absolutely nothing. And you never get to that point in time in your walk with the Lord to where you're like, oh, I know Jesus. I've been there. I did that. I know Jesus. If you're in that place this morning, oh, Jesus wants to reignite something on the inside of you. It's all him. It's all him. This whole thing here, his. All of it. He bought it. Every person that is here this morning, you were purchased in blood. In blood. For me to live heaven on earth. If I live any less than Jesus paid a price for me to live, then I'm taking the blood for granted and Jesus died for nothing. Jesus died for something. And he didn't die because he was like, okay, I know that you're gonna mess up a lot, but I'm gonna die for you anyways. He died because he said, I know that you're messing up, but I'm gonna give you an avenue to actually know what it's like to live free from mess ups. You'll never live a perfect life, but why not start now? Live in love with Jesus. When you fix your eyes on the king, right? I know we've referred to this before. When you fix your eyes on the king, his eyes are like fire, as it refers to in Revelation 1. His eyes are like fire, his hair is like wool. When you look into the eyes of fire, he burns away everything off of you that is not of him. So if you have something on you that's not of the Lord, when you look at him, you'll feel it start to hurt because it's burning. It's burning off of us. I was going through that two weeks ago. I was praying, probably the dangerous prayer that I've ever prayed, which is, Lord, I want you to cut me deep. Reveal things that are unclean, impure, and not of you. If it's in me and it's not of you, it's demonic and it has to leave. And then he started pruning me. And I realized that there were things that I started cutting off of my life. And now what has happened? Because everything that God is going to do in your life is going to free you up and is going to enable you to have more time with him. Yeah. I want us to do like a quick little um, experiment, social experiment, I don't know. Uh, I want us, not yet, but I want us all to close our eyes. Once again, not yet. And when you close your eyes, what is the first thing that you think of? So go ahead and do that. Close your eyes and something's coming to mind. Don't tell me you're not thinking about anything. You're always thinking about something. Is the first thing you're thinking about Jesus? And if he's not the first thing you're thinking of, that tells me that we have some work to do. Like God opened me up to that revelation and I got so convicted because he was like, how do you know you're getting enough of me? I was like, Lord, how, how, how do I know that I'm so in love with you? He was like, close your eyes. And what's the first thing you see? And goodness me, the first thing I saw was not him. <laughs> I was like, Lord, where are you at? And he was like, 
What you value the most is where your mind will go to the most because you value it the most. And so he's like, you got some work to do. So I was like, okay. So I started cutting things off and I started weeding things out, moving things and just getting it out of the way because what it was was I'm walking the path and there's branches that are in the way and it's holding me back from being fruitful. If it's holding you back from being fruitful, it's gonna be cut off either here or a little bit later. And it's gonna hurt a lot less when you cut it off now when it's small than when it's bigger later. We all know this, it's simple. But is Jesus the first thing our mind is going to? You see, we have to be believers that are used to ushering in his presence and then stewarding it. Like I was thinking, I was like, Lord, okay. Because dad told me last week, he's like, hey, I want you to bring the word this Sunday. And I was like, I was like, all right, Lord, here we go. And then all week, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. And then I thought about it some more, and this morning it hit me. He said, the, like, one, literally one of the only things I have in my notes is he said, usher in my presence and then steward it. That's what I want you to do this morning. Usher it in and then steward it. And we've already done that. We ushered it in through praise and worship. You see, the service is not broken up into segments. It's not, all right, praise and worship. Tithes and offerings announcements and message. No, it's worship. Worship, minister to the Lord, minister to the Lord. If you're taking a break in the middle of service from ministering to the Lord, it's not unto him. And if it's not unto him, why are we here? Why are we here? We're here to touch his heart so that when we go out there, people see something different about us. How do they see something different about us? I heard Bill Johnson talking this last week and he was talking about the Spirit of God, allowing the Spirit of God to come and rest on you and what that does for us. Oh, I love it so much. And he was talking about how Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, how he goes to John, he gets baptized, right? John 2. He go, Jesus goes to John after he turns the water into wine. Is that two or three? Or is it one? Oh, wait, it's one. <laughs> I'm wrong, John 1. So like verse 29 of John chapter one, the very next day, John saw Jesus coming to him to be baptized and John cried out, look, there he is, God's lamb. He will take away the sins of the world. Oh my goodness. I told you that a mighty one would come who is far greater than I am because he existed long before I was born. My baptism was for the preparation of his appearing to Israel, even though I've yet to experience him. Verse 32, then as John baptized Jesus, he spoke these words, I see the spirit of God appear like a dove descending from the heavenly realm and landing upon him and it rested upon him from that moment forward. So Jesus gets baptized, spirit of God comes on him, the Holy Spirit comes upon him and he is now endued with power to carry out what God had sent him to do in the first place. All right, clear that out of the way. So many times people will question and be like, man, what did Jesus, I wonder what Jesus was like as a child. You know, like, man, the son of God, he was probably like raising birds from the dead or, you know, just like doing this stuff because he's the son of God. If it happened, it'd be in the word. It says that Jesus 
the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And then from there, Jesus goes and he turns the water into wine. And what does the word tell us? In John 2, it tells us in verse 11, this miracle in Cana was the first of the many extraordinary miracles Jesus performed in Galilee. And this was a sign revealing his glory and his disciples believed in him. Other translations will say this is the first sign and it took place in Cana of Galilee. So it was after the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. So that tells me, we wanna see mighty miracle signs and wonders happen. We need to position ourselves to where the Spirit of God can come and rest on us. Rest on us, Holy Spirit. Come and lay on us like a blanket to where you wake up in the morning and your first thought is I need to love on my king. I need to love on my king some. Before I go to work, on my way to work, I need to love on my king. Instead of listening to my podcasts or my radio talk shows, I need to minister to the Lord. I need to love on him so that when you walk into your work and people say, man, there's something different about you. Oh, thanks, it's these jeans, I lost weight. No, oh, it's my king who's on the inside of me. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Unless you can grow a mustache overnight, I doubt that's the reason why people think you look different or your haircut. We have to minister to the Lord. He has to be our top priority. It's about Jesus. And until it's fully about Jesus, nothing else matters. We don't need to touch another subject for the rest of our lives until we have Jesus, the King of glory, fully known in our lives. And I love looking for him in every part of the word, but he is what enables us to live set apart because now Jesus goes and he beckons the disciples. He says, hey, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. And they come and they follow him because they see something different. They see something different just in the way that he walked, the way that he walked, his robes moving across the ground as he's walking and his smile and his smile. All it takes is one glimpse of Jesus and everything changes. One glimpse of Jesus and everything changes. Jesus is the best rehab program in the world. He's the best rehab program in the world. You see, there's so many programs that'll try and take you back and try and fix what you messed up in your past. But Jesus' philosophy is totally different. Jesus looks at you and he doesn't see your past because it was 2,000 years ago. He doesn't see your past. What he sees is what can I do with you here and now and are you hungry? Because he is sitting there like a puppy dog waiting and like when can I come and flow through you the way that I want to? One thing that I'm excited for in the body of Christ is for us to stop talking about how messed up the world is and actually carrying out what he called us to do and making change happen. In order for, the, for heaven to come down, we need to know what heaven looks like, and it starts with the body of Christ living set apart. We need to live set apart. And I saw this, and it, it hurt my heart when I saw it. Back when, um, once again, don't get offended at me on this, all right? I, I'm just, I, I feel Holy Spirit telling me just to talk about this. But uh, back when Game of Thrones was on, ooh, back when Game of Thrones was on, how many of us have ever gone through and read the content of what we're watching? And then how many of us have made an excuse as to why it's okay to watch it? 
if you have to make an excuse as to why it's okay to watch it, it's probably not okay. If it is good in its nature, if it is good in its... I don't have to defend going and riding my bike because it's inherently good. I'm getting exercise. I'm going out and I'm spending time with the king. Do I tell people, hey, I'm going on a bike ride. I'll see you guys in a little bit later. All right, cool, go for it. Now, if I was like, yo, I'm gonna go watch Game of Thrones. Once again, don't get mad at me. I'm, I'm just, I'm using this as an example that you would go through. Did you know that each week that a new episode of Game of Thrones aired, Pornhub's traffic went down by 20%. Yeah, Pornhub's traffic went down by 20% because people didn't have to run to Pornhub to watch porn. They were getting it through Game of Thrones. That's not okay. You can't all of a sudden take a scene like that, stylize it, put cool lighting, shadow it, make people look cool, put a big hefty price tag on it, say it's made by this fancy studio and this director who's critically acclaimed and all of a sudden it makes it okay. The enemy is doing everything he can. And you know, I feel like one of the biggest areas, and this is for myself included, in order for us to live set apart, we need to look, what are we ingesting? What are we putting in? What are we feeding on? because I see it very hard. Back whenever I was struggling with porn, hardcore, I hated going out because I was living a lifestyle of hypocrisy. We were in ministry full time and so I would like that, the day that we were gonna go because we did ministry at the nighttime so it was like 4 p.m. till sometimes two in the morning that we were doing ministry, loving on people, big 20,000 square foot tent. We were in Fresno, California. And I'm talking like over 1,500 to 2,000 people a night coming and seeing this production that we were doing. And I was in charge of uh, running the outside entertainment. Let me tell you, it's hard to keep 1,200 people excited in line. It's really hard when they have to wait. And so that was my job. But earlier that day, I struggled with porn. And now here I am showing up at a tent and we have people coming all around Fresno to see Jesus. And then we'd go in and we'd minister one-on-one. And here I am sitting down with these guys trying to tell them how good Jesus is, but yet I'm in bondage. Like we have to set ourselves apart setting ourselves apart. If you have to make an excuse for it, I'm telling you, it's not okay. I never have to make an excuse for Jesus. And there are people that will try and point out things about Jesus' character that's wrong, and I catch that for what it is. It's demonic because they're trying to pollute the image of Jesus in my eyes, and they can't do it because I've seen the goodness of God. I know who he is. So if somebody tries to tell you, well, Jesus isn't perfect, and he, he messed up, show me where. I dare you. Show me where. He's perfect, he's beautiful. And I need to look at that and say, how do I get there? But in order for me to get there, I need both arms up. And I can't have both arms up when I've got both arms like this. Let go. That series is not gonna fill the void that Jesus can. That video game, oh, I'm speaking to myself here, is not going to fill the void that Jesus does. That hot new movie is not gonna fill the void that Jesus does. Kidoba is not gonna fill the void that Jesus does. If you don't like Kidoba, Chipotle is not gonna fill the void that Jesus does. All right? It's him. It's him and him alone. And if you're getting tired of hearing me talk about Jesus, I'm sorry, that's all you're gonna get. It's just him. It's just him. 
Anything that is set up in front of Jesus has to go. He's not an alternative. It's him first and foremost. I'm looking at the king. If anything's in the way, get out of the way because it's about him. And Peter and Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke and Mark and Matthew and all these guys, they saw amazing things happen. Why? Because they chased after the king of glory to the point to where, what was it? Peter was so full of Jesus that Jesus went from laying hands on people and seeing them healed to now Peter's walking in his shadow is healing people. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that Peter or Paul? Is that Peter? That's Peter. Yeah, thank you guys. You guys are all. So Peter was so in love with Jesus, his shadow, the spirit of God came upon him. Going back to what I was talking about, I feel like I'm all over the place, but Lord lead me. So Bill Johnson, he's telling this story about how the spirit of God rested upon Jesus. And he said, it's like a dove. So I want you to imagine with me, you're in this room and a dove come and rests on you. How are you gonna walk around this room with a dove on your shoulder? How are you gonna walk around it? And the most common answer people gave Bill was, well, cautiously, you'd walk cautiously. And Bill said, yeah, you would. He said, because from the moment that dove rests on your shoulder, you take every step with the dove in mind. You take every step knowing he's there. What would that do to us if whenever I went into work, every step I took, the Spirit of God was on me? And I challenge you to do this this next week before you go into work. Set up five minutes before you go into work and just stand or sit in your car and just turn off everything. Just sit there and say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Come, Spirit of God, rest on me. I need you. I can't breathe without you. My lungs don't have capacity to breathe my breath. They only have a capacity to fill your breath because it's your breath that enables me to live. And so Holy Spirit, would you come? Spirit of God, would you empower me to do the job better than even I know how to do? Give me supernatural insight. Father, I pray that the hardest of hearts that I come into contact with would be thawed in an instant. The coldest heart you thought by your spirit. And then watch how it happens. Watch how it happens. This isn't about religion. This is about Jesus. Jesus is the most non-religious person I know. He talked to religious people all day long and he showed them how to live and they wouldn't believe it. And that's why I feel like going back to the whole, I don't have to wear dress slacks to usher in his presence because I would much rather be up here in ripped jeans knowing that I'm right with him than trying to show you that I'm something I'm not and trying to impress him. He's not impressed with clothes. <laughs> he doesn't care if I wear a Louis Vuitton. He doesn't care if I wear a Rolex. He only cares about one thing. Do you know my son? That's the first and only thing that God is concerned with, with us. Do you know my son? Because if you know my son, he's the answer for everything. Everything is under the umbrella that is Jesus. He's the umbrella. Okay, I'm gonna. Um, can we just close our eyes this morning? Um, I want us just to take a couple minutes and I want us to center our hearts, our affections, our love on him. Nothing else matters. No one else is in the room. It's you and him. 
Come on, David danced foolishly before the Lord. And I believe it was because of David's sacrificial offering that he gave to Jesus saying, I won't give him anything that doesn't cost me something. That now Jesus sits on the throne of David. <laughs> like David is still king of Israel because David looked at God and said, you're enough. You are more than enough. So this morning, if he is not more than enough, if this morning when you closed your eyes and you saw something that was not him first, I wanna challenge you to center your affection on him. So we're just gonna, just gonna take a couple minutes. If you closed your eyes and you didn't see Jesus first, I want you to come and lay that thing down at the altar. If you closed your eyes and you saw something that wasn't Jesus first, come to the altar and lay it at his feet. This isn't a show off thing. This isn't, well, I'm uncomfortable going up to the altar. Let me tell you, God sees the motives and the perspectives and the, he, he, he sees your heart. If you closed your eyes and you saw something first before you saw Jesus, come and lay at his feet. Come and lay at his feet. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.